With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Some cars are comfy on the inside, but don't have power on the outside. And some cars have the horsepower, but none of the comfort. I used to think there weren't any cars that were the total package, but that all changed when I got my Honda SUV. It's rugged and sophisticated, and right now, Honda has deals on the entire Honda SUV lineup. CRV, HRV, Pilot, Passport, you name it. So if you're looking for a car that's the total package, the only place you'll find it is at your local Honda dealer. Hurry before they're all gone. Hello, good evening and welcome to the LFC Day Trippers Transfer Agenda Show. I'm the host, Keith, and I'm joined tonight by Gav. Gav, how are you? Good, man. Good. In great form. Loads of transfer stuff going on. So, um, uh, Gareth Bale has been called off the 18th, Brian. Uh, yeah, he he's, not to, happy. He, he's not happy. He might, yeah, he might have to uh, He might have to switch some, I don't know, some course in Madrid for the Belfry. So, uh, that's yeah, that's it. good crack. Watch this space. Watch this space. Um, also joined by Grizz. Grizz, how are you? I'm good, not too bad, Keith. Yourself? Great, great. Living the dream. Living for these shows, Grace. You know yourself. Uh, like all the one, people mate. in the chat, this is what I look forward to the most. And the time has come. And we're joined by Chris Brack tonight. Chris, how are you, my friend? I'm good, thanks, mate. How are you? Um, I'm not bad. I'm not bad, Chris, to be honest. You know, I, I think I've... You know, I get excited for these transfers. I love talking about them. Everything is, you know, happening, but nothing's happening. And people's heads explode over all the time as well. So, you know, it's, it's, it's what a time to be alive. You know, what a time to be alive. Yeah. It feels like a lull, doesn't it, just before it all starts properly? It is. Look, it is. And, and in all seriousness, that, that seems to be what's happening, doesn't it, lads? It's, um, it's waiting. We, we've said it before. It's, it's waiting on the full sort of dominoes to fall to see everything else um everything else falling into place um so liverpool there's there's a few new links have cropped up and we'll talk about them in a while but uh, i want to talk start off with some of the the links for players leaving the club and one that grace you broke on sunday night was it on this was um bids coming in for alex oxley chamberlain and it, it seemed seemed to be getting a few clubs interested. Do you want to let us know any information you have on that or that, that you've? Yeah, it was it was on a it was on a non transfer show, so I didn't want to delve yeah. too much. We were having a lovely chat about the game, and you know, 
we were giving some serious sort of thoughts and opinions on the game, and then suddenly I got this news about uh, inquiries about Oxley Chamberlain, which um, took me by surprise. Um, I'm sure it probably, it probably took everyone by surprise. I mean, the fact that a that he's currently injured, um, you know, that's a bit of an issue. But B, um, you know, it's one of those ones where no one really gave it much thought or anything. But obviously, there is something there through his agent or the clubs have told him because, you know, the fact that we've entertained these inquiries. Um, nothing's happened. Nothing uh, may happen. But definitely uh, the clubs that uh, I found out were sort of making inquiries were Newcastle, Spurs and Wolves. So make of that what you will, but that was the information I received Sunday. Um, it is a hard one. Um, you know, you'd think, you know, Oxley chamberlain if you try to sum up his Liverpool career so far, I mean, I don't know about you guys, how would you look at it? I, I'd say it's underwhelming, but that's obviously, you know, a lot of it's based on his injuries, you know, the reoccurrence of injuries, knocks, you know, when he's fit, when he's firing, like, the, the couple of games against Man City a couple of years ago when we saw, you know, he's an absolute, you know, brilliant weapon to have uh, in our army, especially when we play him through the centre. When we deploy him out wide, he's not as effective in my opinion, you know, and I think that's one of the reasons why he didn't want to stay at Arsenal. He didn't want to play out on the wing. We were kind of sort of promised him sort of a more central role. But, you know, I don't know what you guys think, but... Um, you know, if 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 the, if, a, if a substantial bid came in, I think Liverpool would look at it personally. Yeah, Chris, I'll come to you. Um, what have you made of the news that people are looking at Ox? Does it a does it surprise you? And b would you consider a move if you were in the position to sanction these sort of things? Uh, it surprised me that we'd look to sell him because I, I mean his injuries are an issue and they're a big issue at the moment. Uh, but I would still and I'll. I know I'll get pelters for this, but I put him in the same boat as Cater is in terms of his Liverpool career, which is shown flashes of what he can do. Um, you know, at home at Atletico Madrid before lockdown, he was brilliant, and that's why you go. That's why you want him centre mid. But then as soon as he comes back, he's he's out for six weeks. Pretty much like Cater, um, so I can see why clubs would be interested in because you know he is versatile. He is good. For, he is good for the middle. It's just how much that knee injury took out of him because I, I don't I don't think he's quite as sharp as he used to, but I think he's got the Danny Ings problem of he's not going to play regularly. So me personally, I keep him. I just think he's a bit different, and I think sometimes it's hard to have that in your squad. And I know I agree with Chris; he's not great on the wing, but sometimes I think Klopp just puts him in there for an away game just to go. He's given Sadio rest; he'll do me a job, you know. Now maybe if we have a better winger, that's a different question. Mm. So. But me personally, at the moment, with no real massive links to any attackers, I personally would be surprised if they got rid of him. Yeah, Gav, what about yourself? What do you make? I think Ella puts a point up there about giving him another year at least. Would you be surprised to see us moving Ox on this summer? I would be, yeah. I would be a little bit. Um, you know, he gets injured in, in, is it May 2018? Yeah. Um, April, in around that time, and, and the talk was it'll take him a year to come back. And he kind of comes back at the end of 18, 19, just before the, the Champions League finally. I think he's a couple of games or a couple of appearances before that. And last season, fits and starts, going to be honest with you. Um, but, but I think 
I think Oxley Chamberlain gets a bit lost as to where he plays. And what I mean by that is, like, we watched him at Arsenal and he was playing in midfield. He was playing, he could play, you know, in a front three. Then he was playing wing back, most famously, if you remember. And it, the talk was when he came to Liverpool that, listen, Liverpool won't mess him around like that. They get him in a position and, and they'll play him. Now, I think his best position is probably one of the three in a midfield three, um, one of the two ahead of the defensive fella. Obviously, no, he's not going to play in a sitting position. So, but but I'm not a fan of him in a front three. Um, I think he's much better with his facing the goal, you know, receiving the ball, facing the yeah. goal rather than <clears throat> holding or feeling for players behind him and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, I think the interesting thing about Ox for me is is that I wouldn't sell him. Um, I think he's another homegrown player. So you have to watch this yeah. quote. It's very important um, over the summer. And that's the, the whole transfer strategy, the whole game of chess that's going on seems to be revolving around this this quota that we have of 17 and 8. And I wouldn't get rid of him because I think if Liverpool make the right signings in other areas of the pitch, it might actually push Oxlade-Chamberlain into a dedicated position. You know, and what I mean by that is if we sign a backup forward or a forward to challenge the front three, the chance of Ox being put in there reduces, okay? Um, he's not going to play at a full back, and he's not, you know, but if you're playing a 4 2 three, one, could he play behind the front man? I don't know, but I think if you make the right signings, and let's let's be honest, if he signs, say, for him, like a Sarah and a Thiago, Oxley chamberlain is now one of the midfield three, and he's not going to go anywhere else, really. Mm. And I think that could be the making of him. I wouldn't be letting him go. Um, I, I agree with Chris to a point. Uh, you know, when you look at Kate's career at Liverpool, he's shown great glimpses, and, you know, he's been really good in the last couple of months especially. But Oxley-Chamberlain has been like that. And and uh, where Kate got niggly injuries, Oxley-Chamberlain got a horrible one. You know, that kind of way. Mm. So Now, for me, I think... I I wouldn't be looking to sell him, A, because of the quote, or B, because he could end up in a dedicated position that he could just focus on, and I think that would be good for him. And, you know, you have to... I, 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 wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be getting rid of him. I, I know where Grizz is coming from, a big a big offer come in, but you'll see how hard this window is to get people and the domino effect and the amount of moves you have to wait on for your turn to come around. If you do that with Ox and you sell him for 40 million and you want to go out, again, people know you have 40 million in your back pocket. Plus, you have to wait for A, B and C to happen so you can get your bit. That's just the way it's working mm -hmm. at the moment. So for me, no, I think, I think he should stay where he is. I mean, I'm going to be controversial and say... I mean, Liverpool, I don't think Liverpool will, will will get rid of him unless the offer's too good to turn down. Um, but I personally would. And obviously, you know, that's different. But with the situation with regards to the only problem I would have, and probably Liverpool have, is with the quota thing. Now, people are asking um, about the quota thing, but you've got to remember other clubs are struggling with this as well. Hence why these bids for English players from different various clubs. Yeah, so... For example, Wolves are struggling with the same problem that we're having as well. Hence why they tried to get Ainsley Maitland-Niles first. Apparently, he's refused him and then they've turned to Ox. But, you know, these are just inquiries. I mean, people, loads of people going off in the chat about, oh, he's not selling. Well, I've not said Liverpool are selling him or he's on the verge of sale. I've just said these inquiries are coming in. Um, and, you know, there's loads of inquiries, you know, behind the scenes. But, you know, to me personally, he's one of your assets where you could quite easily fetch 30, 40 million very easily. And that's for that reason I personally would if it guaranteed me a SAR, for example, that in my opinion would get more minutes and probably more effective than Ox has been in the past. And maybe I'm being harsh, but I just I, I just think since his injury, his 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 his, his the, the biggest asset Ox had was his dynamism. Where he'd get that ball 
beat a player. He could literally carry you up the field. You know, I just think he's lost that. I just think he's lost. I hope he proves me wrong and and it comes back amazing. I think he's a, I think he's a bit in, a, in his own head as well. He does seem to be a sort of a confidence player. It happens. It does happen, yeah. I, th- I think when it, you could tell with him, which I think was one thing with Keita you don't see is if Keita makes a bad pass, he just doesn't worry about it. He goes on to he does the same thing again if he needs to. With Ox, if he makes a mistake, you could see for the next five minutes he's he fights himself, himself. worrying about what because it because he wants to succeed, you know. But I think it's some ways for Ox. Maybe it's been um, counter counterintuitive for him. It's making it work, making it way worse for him, you know. So mm. I'm saying like like it's easy thing to switch off. It's not, but you can see that in his game. Like, I think that's another thing he struggles with. Yeah, I mean it's it's a curious one. I see. Um... James Doherty's comment on the screen there, no one's paying big money for the Ox, 15 to 20 million tops. I mean, that's madness. You know, we paid I think, 25, I think, 40 for him, didn't we? Yeah, but I think, I think I, I know where James is coming from. If you're looking at it in normal circumstances, like you could argue that, look, he's gone to Liverpool, he's had injuries, had a really bad one, you know, and Liverpool might be looking to raise funds, could 15 to 20 tempt him. The only thing is, and again, I go back to this quote the clubs out there are looking for homegrown players, yeah. all right, so they can subsidise them with foreign imports and and big names. So the, the the tariff on homegrown players goes up a bit like the tariff on English players goes up. You know, yeah. when they make one appearance for England and you know, I don't know, score a goal, and next thing they're worth thirty and forty and fifty million. So I think I think the Ox thing. Any other time, if we had room to manoeuvre, you you may look at it, but I think right now. It, not for me, no. Even with his injury record, I think, you know, he's an English player, number one, so his price goes up through the roof at any time. And especially now when teams are desperate for a homegrown quota, he's after winning the Champions League and the league at Liverpool. I think we can fetch more than that, to be honest, 15, 20 million. I think teams would pay a lot more than that for Oxlade-Chamberlain. But I agree, I don't think we sell him. I think we keep him because... He's a useful player. He's he's a player that's different to what we have in the team. It doesn't mean he starts all the time, but he's a player that you can throw in. You run, you can drive at teams. He, and he can play a few positions if needed as well. Even though he doesn't like it, he can. So I can't see us selling Ox. I think it's there's going to be some mad links, I think, over the next few weeks. And uh, I think this is just one of them, personally. Another player that's in the, the team that gets a lot of traction for moving on is Divock Origi. Now I see Fenerbahce, Fenerbahce was it that were um, linked with a move for Origi after selling Mariki to Lazio for 20 million and then straight away were linked with uh, Origi, but they're looking at a loan with a, I don't know if it's an obligation or a, whatever to buy at the end of it. Um, Gav, have you heard anything about this Origi stuff and would he be one you'd look to go on loan? Would you consider a loan for no. Origi or would it be a sale or nothing? No, you, when you're making a decision on Divock Origi after being at the club for six years, whatever. I think he signs. I think he signs after the 2014 World Cup, and yeah, then he's he's gone for a year, so it's five years anyway. Divock, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got 2024. Yeah, but I, I I know he's he's with the club about five years, so yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. a case of not being sure on him, and um, you know, it's not like a new manager is in and you're not sure, send him out on loan. Like everything's set in stone, kind of, with regards yeah. to Divock Origi. I think Fenerbahce, I, I read it, I read it quickly. What I've read from it though was something like they pay a loan fee with an obligation to buy for somewhere around 14 million, I think was the yeah. number I've seen. Way too low. Um, oh, yeah. 
And and like people will say, oh, we don't need a Rigi, you know. And and I get the argument, you know, we can't be looking to you know penny pinch on Thiago for argument's sake, because that's the rumor going around. But want excessive money for us, you know. Fourteen million isn't Divock Origi. Come on, you know that kind of. It's just no. not. And and like you look at Villa have signed that fella Ollie Watkins for twenty eight rising to thirty three. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now. He scored a hell of a lot of goals um, in, in the championship. You don't know what he's going to be like in the Premier League, but I'm not saying Divock Origi is 28 to 33 million, but I'm saying you would probably be looking probably between 20 and 25, I think is probably fair. Uh, but you see, the Divock Origi thing is interesting because it also coincides with Ryan Brewster, you know? Mm. Like, it, it, we got onto Ryan Brewster, I'm sure, in a couple of minutes or whatever, but. I can't see them letting Origi and Brewster go. Now, people would say to you, well, Brewster hasn't really played, but yeah, but he's up and coming. You know, a lot of people would have thought if you're moving Origi on, Brewster could step in there and maybe bring in another forward. But I can't see them selling both. And Brewster seems to be closer to the exit door than Origi for me. Um, whether you whether you agree with that or not. So, But I think, again, I think there's an awful lot of this being made that Liverpool are, are selling to raise funds and every player that's linked and every number that comes out seems to be acceptable now. Uh, you know, I don't know whether that's a media-driven thing or it's a, it's a desperation f- from people to just go, just sell him because if you sell him, you can buy this fella. You know, the kind of way. So for me, Origi, oh, I think Origi and Brewster depend a lot on each other. But having said that, a forward coming in doesn't depend on either of them, if you know what I mean. Like, I think we're looking for a forward anyway. And yeah. I think if we if we were to sell Bruce, that we keep a Rigi. So I don't think, th- I think them two rely on each other as to what might happen. But I don't think they'll make a massive difference in the in the grander scheme of things when it comes to signing a, a forward this summer. Chris, do you think we're desperate to be selling um, a Divock Rigi that a bit of... 15 million euros or 14 million euros, whatever it was that Fenerbahce were offering, regardless of a loan fee on top of that. Do you think we're desperate to be selling one of our players for that? As people in the chat seem to think that we're sort of desperate for money. I don't think we're desperate for money, to be honest. I just think we're looking at players that we can move on. But do you think we're, we're desperate to sell these players for cup price deals? And I'm talking the Origis and all, not the, the fringe players. I'm on about the, the the sort of backup players to the force team, like we're not going to let them go cheap, are we? I wouldn't have thought so. I think I, I've got a feeling that he's going to stay because the most telling thing at the weekend was he was on the bench over Brewster, which says to me Brewster's closest to the door. And I think with Klopp, maybe there's a bit of a trust thing with Origi. Whether we like it or not, with Origi, Klopp knows what he gets out of him. And perhaps in a condensed season, he's probably thinking, if I've got to sell one, I'll sell the one that I... I still don't know enough about, whereas Origi, he knows what he's going to get. And for 15 million, I know people say we need the money and he, he does free up a, a space for another uh, foreign lad to come in, but I just, what I don't, I don't see why we'd sell it. And I know people say what's penny pinching, but there's, if you sell him for 15 million, you're saying to the rest of the clubs, there's a fire sale going on and you won't be getting 14 million for Wilson, you won't be getting 15, 16 million for Gruage, you'll be in eight to nines and fives for them, because people will just go, We'll just wait to end because we know you're desperate. Yeah. You'll sell a Rigi for that. We'll, you, you'll sell the other one to Pittens, and then you're in the wrong position to me. So I, I think a Rigi will go, but I don't think he'll go for that level. And also, that could just be an opening gambit by um, Fenerbahce and Liverpool come back and this is the level, and then you'll see what comes back. Yeah, I mean, 
it's true. John was making a point in there that he thinks I'm delusional if I think I'm not desperate for money. Uh, I don't think we're desperate for money. I don't think, I think we've been hit by the pandemic as other clubs have. Uh, Dane Murray put in there that we've lost apparently a hundred million. And as a business at the end of the day, it's going to feel the effects of that. But, you know, we've lost money. We've made a lot of money as well. You know, I, I have said on this show before what I think we're doing is more around clearing up space in the squad rather than, you know, worrying about money. And at the end of the day, Michael Edwards has proved that he will get the best deals for Liverpool. So, you know, people thinking we'd sell Ox for 15 million, Michael Edwards will get you 40 for him. People thinking, you know, that Divock for 15 million euro, we're not going to do that. It's not about uh, getting the most because we want to get all the pennies together. I think we're just looking to trim the squad of players that probably aren't being maybe can be replaced and aren't being used. That's all I think it is personally. But look, everyone's entitled to their opinion. Um, I just don't, I personally just don't think we're as skint as people are making out. I think we do have money issues, but everyone does. The sale price people talk about, it's very in uh, early FSG where we used to sell, we used to give players away or we'd pay players to leave us. We we don't really do that now. No. Uh, I think people have to get out of that mindset a little bit is, you know, and all clubs do it. You try and get the best price for going out and you try and get the best price for coming in. That's just normal. All, all clubs are doing it. You know, you'll, you'll look at United, they're trying to sell some of their fringe players for big fees. But yeah. we're trying to, but, but they're trying to get a good deal or a lower deal for a Sancho or, you know, they haggled a bit on Van der Beek. Why? Because that's, that's what you do. So I think you just have to be a bit patient. I know it's very hard because people just want, because of last summer, but I think there's a bit of patience needed at the moment. Well, that's it. That's it. Exactly. Grizz, I'll come to you. Um, Origi, um, Brewster, Shakiri, right? They're all linked with moves away. Do you, what do you see happening with those? They, they, essentially, they were three of our backup uh, to the front three. Throw in mm. Minamino now as well. But what do you see the club doing with those players? Well, well just adding on to the Origi sort of talk, I, I, I think he's going to stay, but only on the basis of, um, like what Gav said, there's no way we let Brewster and Origi go in the same window um, unless we were bringing someone in. Uh, we still may be bringing someone in for the forward positions, but but I, I just can't see Origi. And the reason for not getting rid of Origi, in my opinion, is we've we've lost value in him. We should, you know, I've said this at the time, and I'm still sticking to it. When he scored that legendary, iconic goal in Madrid, that was the time to assess yeah, the situation. Should have sold him. Just like I think Gav will remember, we had a discussion about Sturridge a couple of years ago when I said. Do you remember when he had a good little end to the season and we said, that's the time to cash in on Sturridge because that's when we get 30 million for them or 40, 50 million in Divock Origi's case, about 30 in Sturridge's case at the time. We ended up letting Sturridge go on a free, was it, in the end? Um, I'm not saying Origi's going to go on a free, but, you know, the the offer from Fenerbahce is is, is ridiculous. I mean, that's that's a no-goer straight away if those are the, um, if those figures are accurate. But I know we've been offered 17 million for him from Villa. But in the end, we thought they're going to come back to us with a better offer. We would have accepted 25 at that time, 25, 30. But they went and got Ollie Watkins instead for 28. So they had the money, but they sort of taken us for Cowboys, and which we're not. Yeah, so we're not Cowboys. We will sell at our price. We've got a brilliant track record of selling players uh, at good prices. 
Um, but it's difficult. It's difficult being patient, especially in a window like this where everything's all condensed and everyone's looking to do business now. It's not one of those. Do you remember when we first thought oh, it's going to be a quiet window for everyone? Not much deals taking place. Mm. Well, now, nah, mate, it's uh, as I think Chris said, it's the, it's the calm before the storm. It's going to be it's going to be a manic two three weeks for everyone, including us. Of course, more so on the outgoing side for us. But again, I agree with you. This summer was supposed to be sort of trimmed down on the on the squad and just sort of bring in quality. And that was the aim. Of course, we know we repeat it's just like broken records. COVID has messed that up a little bit, but still it can be salvaged. A lot of it can be still salvaged, especially if we can move the fringe players, Deadwood, as I called it, and a lot of people got offended when I called it Deadwood, but the likes of Carrius is Deadwood to us. He never plays for us. Shakiri, I've heard it so many times. Oh, but if he's fit, he can be useful. What well, he's not fit, so he's no use. So, you know, to me, they're dead wood. Wilson, dead wood. He's not going to play for us. Um, it's just a patience game. It's just a patient game. Uh, you know, I can see two or three players leaving within the next week or so. And then, you know, let's see how it goes from there. But with the Regan Brewster, look, Brewster, as we know, is out. Brewster's definitely leaving Liverpool Football Club. It's just a matter of loan or sale. Now, from what I've been told, Liverpool prefer a sale, but we also prefer that sale to be 25 million. If, is anyone going to give us 25 million in this in this sort of time? I don't know. But if someone does, then I can see Brewster going out for, for, uh, on a permanent sale with a buyback clause, or which is most likely probably no one's going to give us the, the, the asking and price, and so we send him out on loan again, which I think is useless. Yeah, Gav, what, what do you make of the Brewster situation? Do you think, uh, I know we spoke about it a few times on here and we all feel maybe that he should be staying around and being given a chance with the team. But the the sell with the buyback clause, the 25 million with a 30 million buyback clause that's being mentioned, what have you, what do you make of that sort of news? Do you think that's just media speculation? It doesn't um, sound like an appealing deal, does it? You're, no, you're it, it, listen, you can look at it from from different angles. Like I said on this show last week or probably the week before, I might have been the, the fat back four week we were on, and I just said, listen, if I'm Brewster, I'm getting a bit pissed off now. And I stand by that, you know. Um, I'm not going to go over it all again, but I, if I'm Brewster, I, I, I'm a little bit pissed off. Um, Liverpool probably see something. If they, if they do see something, they're seeing something we don't, which is... Very understandable. They're walking with Ryan Brewster every day of the week. Um, and, you know, they might just turn and go, listen, we're not sure about him. We're not 100% sure whether he fits or whether he, he can, he has his ceiling is high enough or he fits the system. And, you know, you know, Klopp is going to play a certain way for four years at least. Um, maybe they're just weighing these up and going, listen, we'll take the 25 and we buy him back for 30. Now, if I'm the buying club, I'm not doing a deal at 25 for a buyback at 30 because why would you take a player and no, and nurture him and help him and, and progress him for two fucking seasons and pay him and then turn around and sell him for five million quid? It makes no mm-hmm. sense at all. If it was 25 with a 40 or 45 buyback, you go, fair enough. You know, we make 20 million profit on him and we could be a team that's in around 10th to 15 in the league, but he's going to help us get to between 6th and 10th. Do you know what I mean? And maybe get us into European spot. You don't know because he's a kid. Um, ah, I wanted him to stay, Keith. I'm, you know that. I wanted him yeah. to stay. I wanted him to stay around the squad. I wanted him to be given the opportunity within the squad 
that other players that have done less than them are being given. That's my point of view. I don't think that's going to happen now. The most I would go to was a loan. I think the loan is probably me clutching at straws. I think, you know, a sale is... It looks likely if you believe everything you read, but I don't. I think the figures are a bit off. I'm being honest with you. And if I was Brewster and I was known Liverpool wanted to sell me, I'd say, "Listen, I will go, but I don't want any boy back loss. Take your twenty five now because you don't you don't value me high enough. So take your twenty five, um, because it's a bit hypocritical of Liverpool to say we don't think he's that good enough, but we want twenty five million for him. When you actually think about it, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think. Um, um, come on. Not only that, like if if we're buying him back, he's obviously smashing the arse off wherever he's gone. So for <laughs> them to then give him back, it's not even just a case of nurturing him for two years or whatever. He's probably England international at that stage and they're getting stung. So it's not an appealing move. It's not an attractive move for any buying club, for any of the clubs he's been linked with. Mm. Yeah, no, it's no, it's not. It's not. Um, uh, so it's a couple of things don't add up there, but... Again, Brewster, Origi, what happens? I think you see one of them out the door and it looks more likely to be Brewster. And I think there's there's actually, there's better value probably in Origi and for us and there's better value for others in Origi because buying, buying Brewster 25 or a 30, 30, even 35 buyback is, is madness. I believe if he leaves Liverpool, he won't come back anyway, regardless of what he put in. Yeah, but this is, yeah. this is what clubs will know, Gav. So many people are talking about and making a big fuss about this buyback. He won't come back to Liverpool. He won't want to. That's just a formality that will be in the contract for the sake of it. Really, him and his agent will know. Or right, if they don't want me now, they won't want me. You know, in a couple of years' time. And even if they do want me, I'm, I'm not going to go. So you've got to remember, Brewster will hold the cards. Will all the hold all the cards. So that's just a formality. People are making way too much about the buyback and oh, we should be. No, forget that. If he wants to go, sorry, if the if the bid comes in, he'll be sold. And that's the end of it. That'll just be a PR thing from Liverpool. Oh, we put in a buyback clause to appease the fans that, oh, listen, we wanted Brewster to stay. Mm. He'll be gone. Yeah, but just Jono says there, Gav, Pierce said uh, we are willing to sell Brewster because we see him as someone who can generate money for us to spend. I know where Jono's going with that. Like, you know, oh, we're selling team because we need money to buy, whatever. And I see that... The other way you could look at that is is that Pierce is saying, listen, lads, they're not selling him to get money to cover a COVID situation. They're willing to spend it if they get it. But I know where Jono's coming from, you know. And we listen, there's loads of clubs out there that are taking out loans and, and going above their means to a certain point, um, you know, in order to make this COVID thing seem smooth now. And I think down the road it might hurt them. Liverpool's owners, and it's the model for years, they, they don't go above what they earn. They don't put the club into debt. They don't take out loans against the club. And that's just the way it is. And yeah. it's it's a tighter situation now because of COVID. And I understand people's frustrations. Everybody wants players. I want players. I want the centre-back. I want Thiago and I want the forward. And I, I will, I'm, I've said it loads of times. When the 6th of October comes, if them players aren't in the door, I will raise concerns and go, hold on, we need these players. And Klopp has said it. People in the comments have said it. Klopp wants quality in numbers. Okay, and he very rarely mentions numbers because he likes usually likes a tight knit squad. But I think he's starting to see that he needs to he needs to 
fill out that squad a little bit more because he's probably seen over the last season or two that he has got injuries and he has got players out of form that he needs a few more. And I want them. I want the same thing as the people that are saying, or only selling the boy. I want the same thing as they do, but I just look at it in a different way. And we're all entitled to look at it whatever way we want. I do, I, I still stay, say though, um, come the 6th of October, I will turn around. And if, if I have, um, well, it won't be me. I won't have them. They won't be in my house. But, you know, if, if, if Liverpool as a club have done what I feel is what I would like them to do, I'm quite happy with it. If they haven't, you would have to ask questions and go, well, why? You know, because I, I, and I have it explained to you, but, you know, I don't see the point in people shouting, oh, and don't get me wrong, both sides of this. I don't get people shouting, oh, we're only selling to buy. It's a fucking outrage. And then people like got going completely going completely. No, no, everything's absolutely fine. I'm in the middle. You know, I'm not shouting and screaming, but I'm not kind of, I'm not one going absolutely fine. It's not. You need, you need three players. You know, the, the, you know, I think it's fair to say that the dog on the street can see that. So we, you just, we just have to wait and we have to, you do have to trust them. But in in a sense of what they're trying to do, but you and but you have to look at that trust at the end of of this process and say, were we right to trust them? Did they do what we expect them to do, or did they undersell themselves and, and and come up short in this transfer window? It's very true. I mean, it's it is all about trust. There's no point in going mad now. It's a weird, weird transfer window. The whole thing about Celta Boy, Celta Boy, we've always been Celta Boy, as you said, Gav. Sorry, and Keith. Sorry, Keith. Owen yeah. Conway says. You'll say it's a good window no matter what happens, Gav. I'm on record here. I'm on record very early on here saying that Liverpool needed left-back cover, a centre-back, an attacker, and and I said possibly a midfielder if it was a bonus opportunity. This before Thiago even fucking came around. And the reason I was looking at midfield was because of Genie's contract issue, Milner's age, okay? Elalana at the time, we knew he was leaving, but he was leaving, so there you go. Okay? You have got Fabinho has got the odd injury. Henderson can get the odd injury. Keita, you know, we've seen dips and and highs and lows with him. So I have said very, very early on that that's uh, what I'd be looking for. Don't be minding Owen. No, no, I've, I've, um, <laughs> I, I want to, I want to mind Owen because Owen, Owen has said that so I have a right to reply. So Owen, guarantee it come the 6th of October if we've done the left back thing, if the centre back, if the midfielder and the attacker doesn't come in, I am in no shape, no way of shape or form going to tell you that that is um, a good window no matter what happens. I think you don't judge the window till the end of the season because if we sign nobody in this window, only Simakas, and we win the league, it's a good window. And people need to try and get out of the, the mindset of the here and now. You know what I mean? Liverpool, as I was saying, Liverpool selling to boy, that's it's it's not like we're selling um Suarez to boy and making the balls of it. We've been selling Solankis, we've been selling Sackos, we've been selling Bentekes, we've been getting good money for them. This is this is just now that COVID has thrown everything a bit all over the place. We're looking at the, the squad we have and seeing, right, who can we move on now? And if it is Brewster, and I've said, I've been on record saying this, and I'm going to say it again, I think there's been a falling out last year with Brewster and Klopp because why was Brewster sent on loan for the last six months of a title run in when he could have stayed around the squad and he could have learned more but he was shipped off on loan and I know it done him good he, he played first team football at Swansea but to me there's never been a plan I think there was a there was maybe a plan for Brewster and I just think something happened and I think Klopp would be happy to get rid of Brewster out of the squad now I don't think it's a being forced to sell him I 
think he should be given a shot. But I, for me, something doesn't sit right there. And I think there's been a falling out. Or Klopp doesn't see in Bruce that what he maybe thought he would have seen two years ago. Yeah. That's my opinion. That's my opinion. And no, no, I stand no, no, over that. And I stand over that. Look, there's no... Look, if that's your opinion, you're absolutely entitled to it. And you've made sort of good rational points around it, you know, and, and people should see that, that there is... At least there is something that Klopp doesn't see in him that many fans do see in him. Let's look yeah. at it that way. You know, either way, look, you know, I don't think... Um, I don't think Brewster, you know, as Gav says, Brewster's far more advanced in terms of leaving the club than Origi. That's one reason why I think Brewster will be moved on as opposed to Origi. And it's not because of, of Origi has impressed or he's staying because we believe in him. I think Origi is going to stay by default in terms of because of COVID and the prices that we're getting, bids we're getting for him. Otherwise, I've, I've got no doubts in my mind at all that Origi and um Origi, Shakiri, and Divock would have been sold if it was a normal summer and we would have got our recruits in. But, you know, shit happens. Things have changed. Let's move on. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Exactly. And move on, we will. Move on, we will. A couple of new links that have been, well, one new and one that's maybe been a bit rehashed. Chris, are you back with us yet? All good? Yeah, I'm back at the moment. Yeah. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, Chris, what can you tell me about Dennis Acardia of Borussia Mönchengladbach? Go. Very, very little. <laughs> Literally <laughs> read the link this morning. I went right over and left it at that. I thought Grizzle had skate legs running. Um, no, I'm, only I joking, know, I'm only joking. I don't know who he is. So, to be fair, he, I, was, he, I was enjoying your uh, Brewster rant, so I was enjoying that, to be honest. Yeah, look, it, it's a rant. I'm up there with Keegan and Raffin now in their Lance department, but I don't care. I stand over. <laughs> oh, but I'm only joking. Grizz, Dennis Acardia, he's been a player we've been linked with in the past, and a lot of big clubs are linked for him um, since he was with Young Boys. Um, what do you make of him? Do you, do you make Andy. him? Do you think there's anything in the links? Do you think it's a possibility, or is he not the... The thing I worry about with him is I don't think he's the type of player that we would go for. <laughs> Looking at us, the makeup of our squad and sort of where we're trying to evolve, now I would say no. If you ask me a couple of years ago, before we've bought Fabinho, before, you know, yeah. sort of the kind of football we evolved into, he's very dynamic, he's very good, covers loads of ground. I'd compare him to Ndidi of Leicester City, if anybody wants yeah. a comparison. Um, loads of tackles, loads of interceptions. Not the best technically, but very good at what he does. Um, I did hear his name probably about a season and a half ago, two seasons ago. Yeah. I haven't heard this name, his name, like sort of for my info, but there is links out there. So maybe we have looked at it again, but nothing I know about the links, but the player I, I know fairly well. Um, again, I, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm not sure where he'd fit in the squad, especially with the arrival of Thiago and Fabinho, Hendo playing that six as well. Genie looking to stay as well. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? We've got we've got the types of players that sort of we've got sort of two players for each position. You know, soon. Um, 
But yeah, I can't see it. Not, not for me. Good yeah, player. They're a good, very good player, but it does, the link doesn't make sense with me stylistically. I don't think he suits. Uh, someone said he can play centre back, and but he is a midfielder. You know what I mean? It's uh, I don't. He's a bit rash for me to be playing centre back. But look, if Klopp boys and plays him centre back, well then, yeah, there could be a new Dexy. But uh, a centre back we have been linked with Gav. I'll come to you on this. Mm. Is the great Omar Colley. What can you tell us about him? Fuck all, Keith. Um, <laughs> is he, he, his name turned up today? I looked it up. Santoria, is it? Yeah, Santoria. Yeah. Yeah. Santoria, Zambian, am I right? Uh, Gambian. Gambian, yeah. Zambian, same yeah. same thing. Oh, I know what yeah. Grace like says. It. Yeah. Um, they're <laughs> literally the same country, aren't they? Probably not. We're probably at war for the last 20 years, okay. and I don't know. <laughs> but listen, um, listen, it's a centre half link. What sort of money are we looking at, Keith? Well, he's apparently got a boy out of 10.8 million. Well, there you go. That's so why it's another in the one news. that falls into that bracket. I, I did see him linked, though, or I think it was a Celtic Leicester looking yeah. along, looking at him um, as well. So, listen, if any centre half comes up around 10, 11, 12 million quid, no matter who they're linked with, um, Liverpool's name are going to be thrown in there. Now, it could be a case of there is genuine interest. You know, Liverpool have him on a list and they're going down the list and they're checking it twice and all that and his name pops up or. You know, they're looking to they're looking to get a deal somewhere else, and they throw Liverpool's name in, and it, you know, pops Leicester's attention or Celtic's attention, and makes them not makes them pay the money because that's the buy and it's it's fairly it's it's decent money, isn't it? It's it's um it's very good money, for, I suppose, for a centre half playing in Serie A. So I don't know, Keith. Um, I don't know. I'm still a bit. I'm st- I'm still a bit all over the place as to what we're going to do at centre half. Now I have said I want to centre half in, but I'm I'm still a bit torn on what type. And what I mean by that is, do I want somebody young like a Ben White? You know, now the Ben White money went colossal and he signed a new deal. Yeah. Do I want someone like that? Do I want someone like this this Collie fella? Um, he just sounds like a fella from the north. He just sounds like a fella from the north side of Dublin. But uh, <laughs> doesn't he, Collie? Um, just a quick, just a quick uh, interruption. How good yeah. was Ben White the other day? It was the last sorry. Very oh man! Oh, he looked absolutely yeah. class. Sorry, he's, there. he's a good player. He's a good yeah. player. There I know Sean will share. All, all I want, all I want to know is uh, did Dylan O'Rourke count his percentage of headed um, challenges and and how many how many did he win? Dylan O'Rourke, of course, tells us he's 44%. He wins in the air. But listen, we don't know what way it's going to go. Keith on centre half. I do. There's a lot a lot of talk around Fabinho going to four choice centre half. I'm still against it. It may still happen. It may still happen. But again, I think it'll all be dictated by how many go out the door and how many he wants in the squad, what the makeup of the squad would be. But for a centre-half, I still want one. I just don't know which type. I don't know whether it's... Do you go like a Thiago Silva type? You know, older, more experienced. He plugs a gap for a year or two and then you go and sign Ben White or whoever it might be. Um... You know, there's, there's loads of names being linked. But again, I think that's another one along with, um, who was a Kabak was linked a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, Mandy, she's this, Mandy yeah. off, yeah. Betty, she's Mandy disappeared. Mano. Yeah. Um, so, so she's not around. Uh, Upamakano, 55 million. Um, and Dicka was linked. And Dicka was, there's loads, there's loads of stuff there. So we'll have to just wait and see. Yeah, it's an interesting one. You know, the, the Fabinho going to centre back is an interesting one. Because of the emergence of Comitio as well, they're saying 
he may get games. You know, he may be a, a, an option at centre-back. I wouldn't be surprised to see us not bringing in. I think we might go with the Fabinho, the cover there. And it'll be interesting to see. I mean, if Comedia was playing in Germany or France, he'd be playing fourth team, whether he's 17 or not. So maybe they might look at upgrading him to fourth choice. Who knows? It's a risk, but... If he's good enough and he's impressed Klopp, he may get the nod and he may look at Fabinho as the safety blanket option there as well. It could be a bit of forward planning, Keith. It could be, it could be something where they say, listen, we have an eye on player X, okay? We can't get him this summer, but yeah. we really want him. A little bit like the Van Dyke situation. Yeah. But we made we made a bollocks of that, right? Clearly, you know, in June 2017, we should have been signing Virgil van Dyke early mm. June. And we made a mess of it and it dragged on right till the end of August. And then we ended up doing it four, four months later, whatever it was. It could be a bit of forward planning where they go. Player X is there. They've had a look. They've asked. And the question's been, no, we won't be moving anywhere till next year. Liverpool are confident on it. Let's put Fabinho in there. Let's not bring another player in. Let's put Fabinho in there. We'll make do for the season. How many times will he play? My worry is yeah. that you will play too much there. And then next season, you just, go out, you just go out and you lash you lash out on your centre half then and you move I think, back I, th- I think if you ask my opinion which you probably was I was going to come to you <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I, I agree with you Keith um, I, I think we I think we're going to hold fire on the centre back I mean I know the journalists have come out and said we're actively looking for a centre back I think Pierce has said it I think Paul Gorster said it the current sort of football correspondent for the Echo isn't he senior writer or whatever they, the title is. Um, I know they've said it. We've come out um, sort of, we're looking actively looking for a centre-back. I think I think it may, I think we may hold fire on that. Um, I still don't think we've we've forgotten Ben White, even though he signed a new contract, whatever. I definitely think he's, he's on our long-term list. Um, and we have a history of waiting on the right centre-back, don't we? Um, as long as you know, as long as he's the, he's the one that we want. If you target someone, we stick to it. In terms of players, Klopp actively really, really wants him, and we know that he wanted Ben White. Um, yeah, centre back about this fella. I don't think he fits the profile. If you ask me, he's at that age where he'd want to be playing every week, especially as an international. Yeah, he's clumsy. The times I've seen him, he's very rash. Yeah. The funny thing is, every centre back that we've been sort of linked with last couple of weeks, I've called them rash. But that's that's the difficulty in finding a gem of a centre back. You see, it's the price range we're looking at, the age, the quality. We're not looking for someone who's gonna. Well, we should be, but it seems as though we're not looking for someone who's going to come in as challenging the as the first choices. We're looking for someone who's sort of just maybe possibly content with fourth choice. So therefore, the quality is. Um, you know, is, is, you're looking at diminished quality when you're looking at that. So the fella that, you know, um, what was his name? Gav Cauliflower. Um, he, this Cauliflower Simon. is a Simon Cauliflower. Simon Cauliflower. Yeah, he, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't uh, appeal to me. The link is vague as all. Apparently not yeah. much, you know, uh, I don't know. Not yeah. for me. It's a tenuous one. I agree, Grizz. He, he played 30-odd games for Sampdoria last season. He's, you know, he's, he'd rather, if he wants to play, he's going to go to Celtic or stay where he is or go to mm. Leicester or Burnley or whoever else is looking at him. He's not going to get a sniff for us. And I looked, I think he only has like 20 caps or 20-odd caps for Gambia. So it's not even like, uh, 
like at that age, why is he not got more stuff? There's, there's a few question marks for me over him. Uh, but look, we'll move on from him because I don't think it's happening, to be honest. I think it's a, it's a weird link. Um, I want to talk about a, a, a club doing a bit of business now, lads, because we're not long left. Spurs seem to be waking up from a bit of a slumber at the moment and seem to be linked with players left, right and centre. Um, I'll come to you first, Chris, on this one, right? So, Spurs are... Made a bid for Regulon off Real Madrid this evening. Man, you were linked with him. Do you do you see that one as one Spurs could get over the line, or does it make sense to you that they're going for it, or do you see United jumping in? Um, it makes sense. I think Spurs are swallowing the pride to include the buy the buyback clause. A bit of like the Bruce thing we talked about earlier. The buyback clause is a bit of a elite club thing that they do. And I think politically United don't want to do it because they don't want to be seen as a Real Madrid feeder club. Whereas Barca did it with Delefeu to Everton. And at the time Everton he did them a favour, they got play for two years and came back. I think Everton I think Joe Mourinho's thinking in two years' time won't be here anyway. So and I don't want to trust Ryan Sessignon as my left back. So I think that's why he wants it. So I can see him going to Spurs. I see him say I don't think United will come back in because I don't think politically they would want to be seen to be a feeder club for Real Madrid where we'll develop your lad for two years and then if he's really good, we'll give him back for a very minimal fee difference. So it does it does make sense. You know, United fans will spin it one way or the other, but I think that's the only reason they're not going for it because they don't want to be seen as a tier below. I think they're right too. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. What what age is this fella? Young lad. He's only young, uh, twenty-two or something. Right. So so you know, again, you're looking at a player that Real Madrid probably think is okay. I'm not too sure. You know, have they sent him out on loan before? Well, yeah, he's on loan at Sevilla. Right. Okay. So they're looking. They're looking, and they've sent him out on loan, and they're, now they're looking to protect an asset and. You know, again, we're not too sure, but if if he goes somewhere else and, and walks and does well, we'll take him back. United are dead right in what they're doing. He's 23. You know? Yeah, so United are looking to buy a player from Real Madrid that they're not too sure about and they're sending him out on loan. At 23 years of age, he should be pushing into Real Madrid squad. You know what I mean? If he's that good, United are turning around going, no, listen, we'll pay you the money. There's no problem there. But you're not taking him back for an extra 10 million in two years' time or three years' time if he turns out to be the best he's left back, isn't he? Um, yeah. the, the best left back around. They're absolutely spot on on what they're doing. And and that's why Liverpool might struggle with the whole um, Brewster thing. Um, but... Spores, spores are weird, aren't they? Um, they, they look, they look like, they look like a club to me are being managed by Mourinho that's trying to put a big physical stamp on this team at a budget, you know, that's below what he is, way below what he's used to. So, so, so Heiberg, um, you know, Doherty's a good fullback, but he's quite big and strong, you know, that yeah. kind of way. Um, linked with Troy Deeney, you know, Danny Ings is being linked there as well. Um, you know, kind of strong, muscular, powerful players. And, you know, then the Gareth Bale thing is up tonight as well. And, you know, apparently it's swapped. What? 
he'd be calling me next. Yeah, that, well, that's it. Um, but but you see, the thing is, like, there's talk now, Gareth Bale to Real Madrid, or from Real Madrid, with, with Dele Alli going the other way. Now, I don't know, the only way that works with my head is if Spurs get Gareth Bale plus X amount of money for Dele Alli and use that money that they get off the deal to pay Gareth Bale because Gareth Bale's on a colossal amount of money. Colossal amount of money. Yeah, and he doesn't have to play football. He's playing golf, yeah. you know. Um, I see Liverpool... Um, apparently, I linked with him as well. I'd be, I'd be very surprised at Liverpool. At what t- is he thirty one now, Carapel? Yeah, you know, if if the rumor going around is you know people saying oh twenty nine year old Thiago thirty one Carapel and he doesn't even like football. You know what yeah. I mean? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> like even even if he halved his wages and say call it two sixty two seventy a week, um, I don't think it's Liverpool. It's 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 Liverpool's um. Liverpool's market at all, but Spurs for me, they look. Someone said there earlier they look like they're panicking. I agree. There doesn't yeah. seem to be any. There doesn't seem to be any plan into this because you don't go, you know, Troy Deeney, Danny Ings, you know, Gareth Bale. All of a sudden, we, let's ask about Gareth Bale. Well, we're, we're talking about uh, Regulon or whatever his name is. It's it's all a bit wishy washy. And um, as as Chris said there. I think it was Chris said he won't be there in two years anyway, so he doesn't give a shit, does he? Well, they're all very uh, now players because, I mean, not to defend Mourinho because I'm not a massive fan of him, but I think he's now realised what what kind of a shitstorm he's walked into uh, because that's that squad has needed ripping up for about three years, and his biggest problem is his main asset, which is Harry Kane, which is he can't move. Watch Harry Kane now; his movement is nowhere near the level it used to be. You know, finished, no problem. Anything, you know, anything near the box and that, he'll finish, no problem. Mm. But to me, he looks like a late Alan Shearer, as in Shearer after his after his couple of knee injuries, where he's still a finisher, but he hasn't got he hasn't got the movement that you saw from Kane two three years ago, where he would link play and he was clever off the ball. And all that that seems to have gone now. He's almost like turning into a bit of a target man, and I don't think Spurs are built to work around that. That's no. perhaps a bit of what I see. I don't see Jose liking to work with that sort of centre forward either. Like it's it, it it is a bit of a weird one. Am I imagining things or and I, I could be way off here, the the regu the Regulion and the Bay links to Spores. Did Spores and Real set up a little uh, arrangement when they done business with Bale going over to Real and then Modric going over? Did I read something that they tried to set up a little partnership, which probably explains why these are being linked with Spurs. You know, maybe yeah, Spurs are more likely to deal with a bit of a mad deal. I think that's Has it? That, yeah, I think that... But there was expired. something, wasn't there? was, there was something, something around yeah. the Modric and Bale deals that you were going to... Yeah, I think that's expired. But, but this 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 um, uh, rumours or stories, uh, you know, uh, cry out confusion. Absolute confusion and panic. Especially after that performance they put in against the mighty, mighty Everton, um, it was awful. There was yeah. absolutely nothing in that Spurs team. And then he goes out and wants Bale. Ah, I mean, the only reason Bale, the only reason that this is probably going to happen is Bale's sort of love affair with Spurs, the only team he'd come back for, sort of. And he all slashes wages. Forget the wages, Madrid will pay most of it to get him off their books like they fucking hate him over there like get out they're forcing him out yeah. and he won't go as Gab says he doesn't even like football anymore but 
if he but if he did like sorry if he did want to play for any team probably would be Spurs um can see that happening now the the other fellow from Seville Regulion Regulion say how you want he's one of my he probably is my favorite fullback in world football at the moment one of them apart from Robertson of course left back he's sensational this guy's a gem uh, I was so not wanting him to go to United um you know cuz he's good um he's is Jose Jose wanting him Jose could do something cuz cuz they they they're poor at full back aren't they with Davis yes. um they've sort of rectified with Doherty on right back and um if any Spurs fans are listening or watching us I tell you guys if you get hold of him he's a gem again I'm not too fussed about the buyback and all this this new this new summer uh, this this new uh, term that's coming this summer about buyback clauses and everyone's going up in arms about them. Again, I'll say again, it does depend on the player individual, how he feels about sort of being loaned out and then being bought back, you know. But yeah, this one would be a bit difficult. I agree because Madrid, when Madrid come calling for a Spanish player, it's different. So maybe Man United are wise and thought sort of, now sort that for a laugh. We're not. You know, we're not sort of building up your player for a couple of years to build that, but you know they could have done him from for a couple of years. That's why I will say because if Spurs get hold of him, I think he will show to everyone in the Premier League he's very, very decent. Yeah, until he goes back to replace Marcelo in two years' time. But that's the thing. But that's, but, but that's exactly the thing. You know, exactly suits Spurs. Spurs are in it, panicking for the now. Spurs yeah. were never the moment they <laughs> hired Jose Mourinho. They were never looking for a rebuild or re- refurbish of this squad. Never. Uh, Jose doesn't do that. Jose is not the man for that. They bought him for the now. So Regulion would be bought for the next year or two. Perfect for them. Bale for the next year or two, if that. Perfect, you know. And that's the kind of panic buys that other clubs are doing, whereas we're not. Yeah, it's mad. It's a uh, the but getting back to the bail thing, like it's like it was a Kaiser Soze said um, the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was making people think he didn't exist. People forget <laughs> right, how bad Garrett Bale was injury was before he became a golfer. So anyone that pays money for him, you're taking on an absolute crock of shit because he was injured all the time when he played football. So now he's been retired for a couple of years. I don't know. I think it's a risky, yeah, real laugh. Very risky. I'm laughing. Danny Emery says, Gav just got an email from his Nigerian uncle saying he's inherited three million quid uh, because I'm looking down. I'm not looking at just. I'm looking at the screen. I'm, I'm following the comments. Sorry, yeah. go on. No, you're grand. You're grand. Just um, someone makes a brilliant point. I'm so sorry. I forgot their name. Uh, let's see if I can find it because I always like to give Aha, uh, Rami, Ramez Khalil says, uh, Madrid already have Furlan Mendy and was very young. Yeah, They're not true. looking to replace him anytime soon. So, very good point. Ferland Mendy, uh, another superb left-back. Yeah, that's true, I suppose. They, they did sort of future plan. And it was like with... Um, oh, what was his name? Um, Hakim, he was at the, the right-back yeah. that he sold to Inter and he looked like he was the the best sort of right-back in, in, in Europe. And Madrid just happily let him go. So, yeah, maybe they're, they're happy with their... Um, with their options and they don't want to they don't want to maybe waste their money because even the likes of Madrid, Barcelona, they're all looking at the 
this summer they, they don't all have huge money to, to throw around. I mean, I've seen something today. Atletico have already spent 78 million or something this summer, and that was making permanent deals for Morata and um, Carrasco, who they brought on loan last year. And they were two yeah, terrible deals. Do you know what I mean? Like they were, they were obligations to buy, I think. And, you know, things like that are just going to stump. Uh, teams across Europe um, so before we finish up I just want to touch on a few um, things that are happening across Europe, Depoy looks like he's been linked strongly with Barca but that's maybe not as far advanced as people thought we have Elwar being linked with Juventus so it looks like dominoes are going to start moving, um, Gav before we finish up do you have anything else that you want to bring up before we I um, want to talk about Genie and that before we finish so do you have anything before we no, I want to tell you all about what's coming up during the week, but we'll do that at the very end. At the very end, good stuff. Mm. Right, Grizz, Genie, the, the rumours now look like he's actually staying and wants to sign a new contract. Um, do you think that'll happen, or what do you see happening with Genie? I hate to say I told you so, <laughs> um, but, oh. but, 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 the situation is, is as it is, as it's sort of transpired in the last week or so where Ginny is staying. Now, whether he's going to agree to a new contract, uh, again, I believe, you know, there is an offer of a, of a contract. It's just a matter of getting him to sign the thing. Um, we don't know yet. No one knows yet. Um, again, um, we said at the start of the window, it's not dependent on Ginny leaving. I know there was a sudden surge from the media and some LFC fans, unfortunately, where there was this sort of surge and push to put, try to push Ginny out of the club. Yeah. Um, I don't think Ginny ever wanted to leave. That's the, that's the problem and that's the issue. And that was the concerning thing. You know, I said it, Tiago, everyone was saying, but, you know, it's the same with Tiago. No, well, Tiago wants to leave. Ginny doesn't want to leave. Tiago wants to come to Liverpool. Ginny wants to stay at Liverpool. Now, whether an arrangement can be made via contract and signing it, it's up in the air a bit, but I think it's fairly, fairly safe to say Gini stays this window, and it's not dependent on Thiago. doesn't mean we give up on Thiago before the comments start pouring in. Does this mean no Thiago? No, it certainly doesn't mean no Thiago. Thiago is still very much on, and Gini added bonus in looking likely to stay as well. Which would be interesting. Gav, what do you make of the Gini to stay links? Do you think it's... Um... Do you believe it be a permanent uh, new contract I'll just see down the, the last year? I don't know now, Keith. I'm being honest with you. You know, um, I always thought running up to before the end of last season that he would sign a deal. Then it, then it kind of went very quiet. Then it went, now it's, it looked like he was on the verge of leaving. And now apparently he's back from international duty and he's having positive talks with Klopp and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. I really don't, you know. If if these talks are positive, it could be a case of yet yeah, there's a new deal in the line down the line there from, or it could be a case of listen, stay we are, we're happy to let you go and and shake hands at the end of the season. It could be something like that, but it's a very strange one to read. It's a very hard one to read, and you know when you look at when you look at us being linked with Thiago and stuff like that. Um, I think there's room for both of them. I've said it from the start. I don't see why you can't have both of them in your squad, but if you know, if we're looking to move on players and bring in players and, you know, kind of balance up stuff with regards to finances as well, 
you know, in that sort of circumstance, the obvious thing to do is cash in on Genie and Aldam, isn't it? With a year to go, you know, a lot of people will tell you they don't want to do what they've done with Emre John. But Emre John was being offered a deal and the deal was there and he, he couldn't keep his mouth shut about how much he wanted to fucking play for Juventus or wherever else it was. So it's a very hard one to read. I'm not going to pretend I know what's going on with it. Um, I'd like him to stay. I'm on record of saying that I'd like him to stay. I'd like to see Thiago come in anyway. I think you can't have enough good players in your side and I think Wijnaldum is um, very underrated for what he does for this team. Very true, very true. Chris, what's your take on uh, the genie news? Can you see him staying or do you think, as Gav said, it might be just a gentleman's agreement, see out the year, we'll give you the games, you won't be made a pariah and we will shake your hand and send you on the next summer. Do you think that'll happen? Yeah, I think it's. it feels more like he stays this year than he goes in the summer, uh, which could be best for both parties. It's good for us in the sense that if... Um, Thiago doesn't settle straight away, which, as great as he is, we've seen great players take a while to settle. It's handy to have someone in the squad who knows the system, knows how we play, and we don't have that risk. Uh, and I've nicked it from the Anfield rap, but they made a good point, which is he's on 70, 75 grand a week, which is probably for what he does in the team. He's underpaid because he's a regular. So Liverpool may look at, well, we may as well keep him on this, in brackets, cheap wage for another year rather than giving the extension for double his money, which is probably what he'd, he'd want. And then we look to we look for a replacement in the summer. Whichever replacement we get in the summer probably won't be on 140 grand a week, probably on 80, 90 grand a week. So again, club-wise, it's probably quite sensible business. So look, if he signs a new contract, brilliant. You know, I, I, I like Genie. I'm always comfortable when he's in the squad, you know, or in the side, because at the end of the day, people... On Twitter, seems to hate him at the moment because they all at Thiago, but he barely misses a game, and he, when he's fit, he's picked. So that tells you a lot. If, the best, if we're saying Klopp's one of the best managers we've ever had, and he is, then, and he's always picking Wijnaldum, there's a reason for that. Now it may not always be obvious in the eye what what he does, but to some people, but if you're getting picked every week, he must be good, especially in a side that keeps winning as one in league or the Champions League. So. I hope he stays. You know, if he's answered your contract, bonus. You know, and I'd be, I'd be, I'd be quite content. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, before we wrap her up, Thiago news, there is no news really, is there? It's just a case of wait and see. Grizz, would you agree with that? Absolutely. I think we're all fed up and tired of it. As I said to someone on Twitter, the next announcement will be from Liverpool Football Club. Yeah, I agree with that myself. Um, Roy, so I think that's it really. Gav, what have we got coming up? Um, what day is today? <laughs> Tuesday. 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 That many days. Um, tomorrow night is a new show again. Um, this show will be on majority of the time Wednesday, unless Liverpool are playing on a Tuesday and we do a match reaction show. But this will be um, your midweek fix. Is that what it's going to call it? Listen, it's going to be... a, a a big variety of people on it. Um, topics, it'll be around football, general football, Liverpool, there'll be loads of stuff. We're going to try to bring in um, as many kind of different guests as we can from different clubs, different backgrounds, wherever we can, and they bring their own topics and we can have a discussion about them. So it's um, it's going to be wide-ranging. Tomorrow, we ha- actually have the two lads from the Copboy podcast have come on, um, Mick and Jay, they're coming on, and our mate Joe from Leeds, All Leeds TV has agreed to come on as well. I asked him for a topic and he came back about five minutes later with just one word and when he gave it to me I went oh brilliant because that's exactly what I was thinking so um, we're on a good wavelength there but listen that show is will be a Wednesday
obviously it will be loads of different topics around football um, and Liverpool and other clubs and the Premier League and you know it could be anything at the time Champions League when it comes around whatever it might be but if Liverpool are playing on a Tuesday or Wednesday we will go on the Tuesday or Wednesday for that show with a match reaction more or less Um that's Wednesday. Thursday, we're back with this show, aren't we? Um, it's only myself and Grizz confirmed so far, but we confirmed the other two people before then. And Friday, we are back with the um, the Friday forecast. Um, me and Keith, I think, are um, confirmed for yeah. that, but we will um, confirm the rest of the people before the week is out. Saturday, we're having off. Um, we're just taking a little bit of time off. That's all right. And Sunday, we're back with a Instagram before and after the Chelsea game. So you're looking yeah. at around half past three. Um when the team news comes out and then you're looking at what are we looking at half six is the match over half four yeah. yeah about half six and um, we'll have a reaction there. I think Keith is down to do that on yeah. Instagram so make sure you follow us on Instagram go to LFC Day Trippers there follow us and when we go live you can come up and of course this show is all about you coming on and giving your reaction um, your reaction to uh, team lineups, you know, how you think the game's going to go. And then after the game, how it went, who played well, who didn't, man of the match, that sort of stuff. So it's all about, um, it's all about you coming on and getting yourself involved. And then, of course, we have the Fatback Four on Sunday night. So we'll work that out as well. But we're going. A lot of people are asking about this golf challenge, right? Um, as I said, between weather and just the amount of walk I do, um, it's just not getting a minute. And then to compound things, I leaned over this morning to grab a toy off the ground for me son and I have severe back pain from the back of my left knee right up into the back of my left ear so it's bad at the moment a mate of mine did suggest going down to the golf club and trying to hit a 50 foot putt because I don't have to swing my arms um, which is probably as hard as hitting a ball 50 yards into a, into a bucket so I might have to go and do that I don't know but I, I promise I will get it done as quick as I can I have the five finalists I'm dying to tell you who the five finalists are because I can tell you I think three of them are nearly on here every night, every single yeah. night. And they came out at random, by the way. Um, but I'm dying to do that. And listen, if this back doesn't clear up, I won't be playing golf anyway if it doesn't clear up. So I might have to go down to the golf club, put it on one end of the putting green, pick the hole down as far away as I can and see if I can do it that way. So that's yeah, me trying to explain it. tea bags into a cup or something. I, I should have, I should have. Stevie, uh, people are calling me the land and now um, leave it out. Lads. Listen, I'm not yeah. that bad. Um, uh, Stevie says it's called exercise Gav um, no I leaned over to get a toy I don't know what your reference is there I'm not fond of exercise but I did carry my child today for approximately two kilometres in my arms because he was having a fit because he didn't want to be in the buggy so um, that's that counts as that counts doesn't it exercise well yeah why not yeah, cool. yeah why not I'm counting why not I'm counting excellent stuff excellent stuff so look a busy week ahead um, and going forward we, we'll be busy there'll be a lot of shows the forum started last night you know we're going to have a lot of shows coming up over the over the, the coming months and that and as Gav touched on there the Instagram live things in around the matches you know we're just always looking at ways to um, get more content out and, and to get as many people involved as possible which is which is great going forward so look we appreciate all the support we appreciate everyone tuning in and listening and giving us likes you know 250 likes there tonight last chance to have a little run smash that like button but um look we've been the the lfc day trippers this has been the transfer agenda show and we'll be back which is on thursday night for more of this take care good night
Okay, parachutes ready. Boy, the things I go through to get auto alarm rates as low as 0.99% APR for 60 months on new vehicles with PenFed. You are aware that you don't have to be a military member to save hundreds on your auto loan, aren't you? Anyone can join PenFed. As someone terrified of heights, I probably should have looked into that. Probably. Drop me off at the shore. PenFed Credit Union. Visit PenFed.org slash autos or call 1-800-247-5626. Advertised rates available through the PenFed car buying service. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Sports Social Podcast Network.